0: It comes from Joshua chapter 3, verses 7 through 17. Three, Joshua chapter 3, verses 7 through 17. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. The Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, so that you may know that I will be with you as I was with Moses. You are the one who shall command the priests, who bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Joshua then said to the Israelites, Draw near and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, By this you shall know that among you is the living God, who without fail will drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, "'Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites, "'the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth "'is going to pass before you into the Jordan. "'So now select twelve men from the tribes of Israel, "'one from each tribe, "'when the soles of the feet of the priest "'who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, "'rest in the waters of the Jordan, "'the waters of the Jordan flowing from above, shall be cut off. They shall stand in a single heap. When the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant were in front of the people. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of the harvest. So when those who bore the Ark had come to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped on the edge of the water, The waters flowing from above stood still, rising up in a single heap far off at Adam, the city that is beside Sarathan, while those flowing towards the Sea of Araba, the Dead Sea, were wholly cut off. Then the people crossed over opposite Jericho, while all Israel were crossing over on dry ground. The priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan until the entire nation finished crossing over the Jordan. Word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Have you ever had to fill some really large shoes? I remember as a kid finding my dad's shoes... As a, as a you know as a young kid and sticking my feet in them and trying to walk in them the, how many of us tried that most of us did right at some point you tried on mom or dad's shoes and they were awful big I mean they were big you probably tripped you probably fell a few times they probably came off your feet it, it is hard to fill some big shoes why because you feel like you just can't do it you don't have enough enough feet to fill the shoe but it doesn't stop you from trying does it you still put them on and you still waddle on as your parents take the cute pictures that they'll blackmail you with later when you have a boyfriend or girlfriend you do it because at that age you really believe you can do anything you're just gonna try it you're gonna get in there and try it as adults however When we have to fill big shoes, it is very intimidating. When we think about somebody else that we have to follow that has been really great at what they did or really impressive or has a great curriculum of things that they have done and learned, then it's hard for you to think about following in their footsteps. Well, you see, that was the situation for Joshua. He is the guy who has to follow the guy. Moses, I mean, think about it. Your predecessor talked directly with God all the time. Your predecessor received the law written by God's own finger on tablets of stone. Your predecessor split the Red Sea so that the people could flee Egypt. Your predecessor prayed to God and bread rained down from heaven and birds fell out of the sky for the people to eat. Your predecessor, when you needed water, hit a rock and water came out so that everybody would have something to drink. And that's the guy you have to follow. That's the person that you come after. So you can imagine why Joshua must have been a little concerned about having these huge feet, you know, shoes to fill. His feet probably felt really tiny compared to Moses' feet when he considered all that Moses had already done. And he probably thought to himself, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to be able to lead the people as Moses did. But Joshua must have felt the weight of the world on his shoulders when the first task that he had was to find a way to cross the Jordan River which we are told overflows during the harvest season. So it wasn't just the Jordan River. It was the Jordan River on steroids. It was overflowing its banks. And your task is to get the people from this side to that side with all their tents, all their utensils, everything they owned. Because remember, they left Egypt. They had everything they owned with them. So I want you to think about that. You know, you've got to go somewhere and you carry everything you own. And then you got to cross some river. That's hard to even think about. But this was his task. And when they come to this task, Joshua talks to God about it. And you know, I wish we would learn from Joshua that whenever we come to an obstacle or a problem or a situation in our lives, we would learn to talk to God about it. If we did that, I think things would go a lot better than, than they do for us. If we stopped and said, God, there's this thing on my way. There's this obstacle. There's this problem. There's this situation. I need you to tell me how to get through it. See, a lot of times we come up with a clever idea how we're going to cross the river and tell God about it and go, God, you know, I got a great idea to cross this river. You know, we're going to build some barges and, you know, we come up with some great solutions and we tell God, get on board with it. Instead, Joshua goes to God and says, how do you want to do this? How do you want to do this? And I love that God tells, tells Joshua, I got this. I got your back. I'm going to make this happen. He tells them, I'm about to show the people that I am with you as I was with Moses. And I'm not just going to show them that I'm with you today. I'm going to show them that I will be with you into the future. As I have been with Moses and I don't know about you but that's the kind of reassurance I want when I face a problem I want to know that God is with us I want to know that God goes before us I want to know that God has it under control to be honest that's the kind of reassurance that we should all seek. I like how definite God is with the timing too he says This day I will do it. He doesn't say sit down and wait for it. It's going to come one day. One day you'll cross the Jordan. One day you'll enter the promised land. He says, This day I will do this. This day. Man, I wish God would do that more often with me because oftentimes He tells me, Wait on it, wait on it, wait on it. Keep praying, wait on it. But He just said, This day. He was definite. God has appointed times. For appointed purposes, he's got a plan in place. And so he told them this day, I am going to do this. I'm going to show up. I I'm going to show off. So for Joshua, that day had arrived. This was the day. It wasn't going to be tomorrow. It wasn't going to be next week. It was today. He said to the Israelites, the Ark of the Covenant, the symbol of God's presence is going to go before us, carried by the priest into the Jordan. And we are going to follow it. And when it goes in, God is going to make a way for us to pass. And I love that he doesn't get into details. He just says, God's going to do it. God's going to do it. These are his instructions. And God was very clear. They have to walk and get their feet wet. You know, there are times when God invites us to step forward when we don't yet see a way through There are times when God challenges us to walk in faith even when we don't see how things are going to work out. There are times in which we are tested by being called to act before we see how God is going to act. God says to the people, I am going to pass through before you. I am going to go ahead of you. And when those priests walk into the water I'm gonna take care of it and so Joshua told this plan to the people and I wonder how many of them said you mean you gotta I gotta carry all my stuff and somehow some way I'm gonna be able to cross and I don't know how I wonder how many of them wondered if this was even gonna work out how many of them doubted how many of them were afraid to even try this Scripture tells us that they even chose 12 men, from, one from each tribe, to go with behind the, the priest because they wanted to show that they were committed to this action. And I love the phrase, the Lord of all the earth will pass before you into Jordan. You know, whenever I face something, if I could just know that God is going right there to pass before me, I think I would relax more and worry less. I would be able to just not stress so much about things because I would know that the Lord of all the earth is going before me, that He is backing me up, that he is going to support me. And if I have God on my side, who can stand against me? No one, not even the River Jordan. So Joshua told them that the Lord would drive out all the Ittites The Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jesubites from the land. But before he could drive all of those out, they still had to cross the Jordan. They still had to step through the river. You see, sometimes God tells us we will have a victory over our enemies, but we can't even see how we're going to get there. A Jordan River stands between us and our victory A barrier stands between us and the promised land that God has said will be ours. And we have to believe that God is going to make a way for us to get to that land so that we can take it. When we look at that Jordan River overflowing its banks, I'm sure it was just hard to believe that they were going to be able to cross it. I'm sure that it was hard for them to even think about carrying all their tents and everything through it. Oftentimes, we get these details in Scripture so that we can understand just how big the miracle is, that that river was so overflowed that it was off its banks, that they had to carry everything. I mean, this is the kind of details that shows us just how great the miracle is that God is going to perform with his people. A priest began to carry the Ark of the Covenant, and the Scripture says that they stepped into the water. They stepped into the water. And when they did, two things happened. Their feet got wet and the waters receded, making a path. They were held up in a heap from the river that was coming downstream and they were kept away from the other side as they were flowing down And there was a path made where these priests could continue to walk on dry land. You see, sometimes we want the water to recede before we step forward in faith. We want the path to be completely clear and obvious to us. And a lot of times God says, no, you need to step forward in faith. You need to get your feet wet, trusting that I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to make a way. I'm going to make a way for you to cross on dry land. They kept walking, and the scripture says that they got to the middle of the riverbed as they're crossing the Jordan River, and there the priest stood with the Ark of the Covenant while the rest of the people continued to pass. Now, think about that for a moment. You're one of the priests. And you are walking down this riverbed and you're seeing water heaped up on one end and water heaped up on the other end and you are crossing and then you're told, oh, by the way, stay in the middle, stay in the middle and just wait there until everybody else passes. This is not a short-term miracle here. This is a long-term miracle. This is something that took time. All of the people of Israel had to cross to the other side before those priests could move from the middle of that riverbed. And they had to continue to believe that God was going to continue to stay that water and that it would not overwhelm them. They had to continue to believe that the God that had made a way would continue to keep the way open for them to cross. They had to be persistent in faith and steadfast in action. You know, as I look at the less than 12 people that are here in our sanctuary, I think of you guys as the, the few chosen to start us off in this reopening of church. Church. And I'm so thankful that you're able to stand in the gap for those that are not able to be here today for a variety of reasons. For those that are too much at risk, you are standing in the gap. For those that are unable to be with us physically, you are standing in the gap. For those who are concerned about COVID and have real reasons and real risk why they can't be here, you are standing in the gap. And it is that kind of faithfulness that is called upon when God asks us to step forward into the unknown of something different and something new. Sometimes we feel like those crossing the Jordan. We see the water heaped up and we fear as we walk through it. And then we are reminded that it is the Lord of all the earth that passed before us. We are reminded that it is the God who made heaven and earth that is still directing us. And we are reminded that God is faithful to keep his promises to his people. Sometimes we might feel like the priest carrying the ark, standing in the gap for someone and going, Lord, for how long do I need to stand here before I can cross to the other side? Before I can get to the other side, how long must I stay in the gap for somebody else right now? Today, we have definitely taken the first step in reopening for public worship. It is a great day because I feel like the promised land is on the other side. Like God is saying, we're making our way back to reopening church and reopening public worship and resuming some of the things that we used to do, not in the same way, but still some of the things that we used to do in worshiping God. And that is a good thing because God is leading us and passing before us. God is making a way for us to do these things. And thanks to the good lay leadership of our church and the plans that we have put in place, we're doing it as safely as possible. I want you to know, those of you who are at home, that we will stay in that riverbed as long as it takes for everyone to cross that we will stand in the gap in prayer, in worship, in whatever way we need to stand for you at home right now. If you're facing any situation, any problem, any illness that feels like a Jordan River, we want you to know that we want to stand in the gap for you, trusting that God will make a way for you to make it through that situation or that illness. I want to let you know that we are standing on dry ground because the Lord is passing before us. So don't let fear control you. Don't let worry overtake you. Don't let the circumstances that you're facing become so overbearing that you forget that it is the Lord of all the earth who is still in control and still making possible the impossible for us. Today, I want to encourage you by reminding you of who goes before you. It is the Lord of all the earth. He has promised you victory over all your itites. I want you to hear that. He has promised you victory over all your itites, your fearites, your concernites, your worryites, your sickites, and any other ites you can come up with God is promising you victory over those things. He only requires that you continue to trust him to go before you, to pass before you. And as I told the children in the children's time, when he goes before you, it's like a knife through butter. He makes it a lot easier and smoother than it would have been if you just try to ram your way through. We need to learn to go to God and say, Lord, I am trusting you to pass before me. Show me this day that you are with me and pass before me. May God continue to pass before us as he leads us into tomorrow by his grace. And may tomorrow show us that we are a little bit closer to that promised land. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you go before us, that you lead us, that you invite us to get our feet wet as we trust that you are going to make a way where there is no way. We thank you for the priest's. We thank you for those 12 selected from the tribes to lead the rest of the people. We thank you that they had the faith to believe that you were going to do what you said you were going to do. On this day, we just ask that you will give us that same faith and confidence in you, that we will trust you with all of our itites, and that we will know that there is not an itite you can't defeat. We ask, O Lord, for your faith to be our faith, and your hope to be our hope. Lead us, O Lord, into that promised land that you have set for us. We pray all of this in the precious name of Jesus.